Hello and welcome to PMI's Uncommon Sense podcast, tools to improve your work forever. I'm Susanna Clark, Managing Partner with PMI, the Performance Improvement Consulting and Training Firm. Our Uncommon Sense podcast is a 15-minute conversation with our expert consultants. They talk a lot of common sense, although much of it is not common practice. And that's what this podcast is all about. We want you to be inspired to improve your business through learning more about the tools which can help you succeed and grow. Today, I'm joined in the studio by Sean Buckland. And so we're going to talk about the hierarchy to successful process redesign, and we're focusing on five R's. So can I ask you to give me an introduction to the five R's first? Indeed. Some of you may already be familiar with the five R's, but some of you may not be. So let me just first of all summarize what they are. So five R's is the method that we use for making sure that when we do a process redesign, we're making the best of the opportunity. Okay. So it is a structured hierarchy of choices that you can make to improve what you can. And then when you can't improve it directly, still make improvements anyway. Okay. So I like it because it becomes a safety rails for a process redesign that also allows a team to work together and really challenge themselves to come up with the best possible solutions. Okay. And so... Can you just, for anyone who's not familiar with the five R's, just tell us what the five R's are? And obviously there's an order, just like 5S, as you say, in order to achieve what you described. Yes. So so R number one is, can we actually remove that process step in the first place? If you have identified a step as being waste, your obvious best choice is to remove it if you possibly can. R number two is, can we reduce the effort? If we can't remove it, can we reduce the effort it takes to do the work? Reduce the time as well. Number three, replace it. If we can't remove or reduce, can we replace it with something that works it better, faster, stronger, more reliably? Failing that, can we reorder the work? Strangely, even though the same amount of work officially needs to be done, sometimes changing the order in which the work is done can transform the overall end-to-end time. So reorder can often help us with reducing, for example, transport waste, motion waste. It's particularly good for those two. And then the final option is the redeploy option. And redeploy essentially means move the work to somewhere else in order to take the pressure off the process at the point where it's currently being done. So that's normally a, a point of last resort that's used only at bottlenecks or especially at bottlenecks. Okay, thank you. Can you just talk to me a little bit about the sort of the scenarios or examples in which you found this particularly useful? What I like about the five R's tool is you start with a simple question. Is this step doing anything at all genuinely transformational for the business for in terms of delivering the output? Is it doing something value adding for the customer? If it's some kind of approval, if it's some kind of check process, if it's some kind of moving things around the yard, if it's some kind of of putting something right, then the answer is no, it's all driven by some form of waste. So once we've identified it's some form of waste, 
clearly we should be seeking to either fully eliminate it or at least reduce and minimize the effort we're spending on it. Because I look at the process map and I'm looking at each step and saying, is it doing anything genuinely useful from the point of view of the end customer? Is it doing some kind of transformation of input into output the customer is recognized and willing to pay for? If the answer is no, however important it might be or necessary it might be, it is still some form of waste. Every piece of rework, we need to do the rework, but it's because of some earlier failure. Every piece of, of moving something around the yard may be necessary, but have we got the best layout in the yard and so on and so forth. So with the five R's, what it does is it gives the team a structured discipline that says, as soon as I've identified a step as some form of waste, I can go through the hierarchy. Step one, is it pure waste, rework? Okay, if it's rework, what do I need to do to solve the need for rework? Because then we can remove the rework step. If it's some kind of step that can't be removed, it's, so it's, it's going to be essential for some kind of legal reason, regulatory reason, some kind of limitation with technology, we don't yet have teleportation devices, and so on and so forth, then we need to keep in some kind of waste. But the question is, is whether or not that waste is one that we can minimize. What's the least effort to comply? What is the safest place to work within so we minimize the risk of injury, and so on and so forth? So all of these different questions that we need to ask ourselves, we can go step by step and say, if I can't remove it, then how could I reduce it? And the brain responds really well to give, being given specific questions. It's very good at coming up with solutions, but only if you give it the right questions. So right. by the hierarchy of how could I remove it, what would I need to do in order to be able to remove this step is a really specific and useful question. It's a much better question than why do I currently do it? Okay, yeah. Yeah, so why do I currently do it encourages me to keep it, Whereas what would I need to do to be able to remove it encourages me to remove the issue in the first place. Mm -hmm. And if that, if I can't find an answer to that, I move to the next stage. Okay, if I can't remove it, what can I do to reduce the risk of it happening? What can I do to reduce the effort required when it happens or when I have to do it? And so on that, we might be reducing the amount of sign-offs, the approvals, da -de -da -de -da, the distances traveled, all of these kinds of things. And then we go on to the third one. If I can't remove it and I've reduced it as far as I can, am I now able to meet the rate of customer demand? And if the answer is no, how can I replace that step with something that does things better, faster, cheaper, whatever it might be? Now, this one we need to be very, very careful of because replace is like we were talking earlier about the redeploy to new staff, new hires. This is the second most common or, the, or the, even sometimes the most common thing. How do we automate it? Because, of course, we all know that we can automate an awful lot of good stuff and tools just continue to get better and better on that front. But the point to avoid here is we never want to automate waste because why would you pay a tech firm yes. <laughs> to yes. lock in waste into your processes? Yeah. You know, why would you do that? And also technology is pretty bad at handling waste. So because of the variation, the problems associated with waste. So although the replace is often better machinery, better robots, better software, all of those good things, we should first remove and reduce mm. because otherwise mm. you're paying extra just to lock the waste into your system. Mm. 
and I'm sure many of your listeners here will be very familiar with the IT project. And the purpose of the IT project is to replace the last IT project, which also promised to get rid of all of the problems. Yeah. And what was the purpose of that project? To release, replace the previous IT that promised to get rid of all of the problems. The purpose mm. of business is not to keep upgrading their IT. The purpose of the business is to deliver value. So remove waste and then only replace with automation once it's working without waste mm. or the waste as minimum as possible. And then you may find you don't need to do that automation because it's already fast enough. Yeah. If none of those have worked, then we need to think about can we do the work in a different order? Now, a fairly obvious example for this is if we're building a house before we put the plaster up, we want to run in things like the electrical cables, plumbing, all of those kind of things. We know that. But we bring in the electrician to do what's called the first fix, and they run all the cables behind the walls. Then the plaster comes up, puts in the plasterboards, plasters the walls, and then we do second fix, which is all the faceplates. If we tried to make it most efficient for the electrician, We'd either have to be to dig everything out of the walls after the plastering or smash through the walls to redo the cabling. Neither makes sense. So it makes sense to reorder the electrician's work. Even though it's less efficient for the electrician, it's far lower cost for the overall system. And that's the thing about the reordering. So a quick example of this from a project I was running, there was a lot of delays in work, huge delays, and it was building up a bigger and bigger backlog. And eventually the customers were expecting to service within two days. By the time we got started, they were receiving service within six weeks. Ah, okay. And the problem was each job was having to go for approval if it was over a certain threshold of money. Yes. yes. So we reordered things in a very interesting way. What we did is we built a forecast of how many jobs and how much they should cost. And then we built that forecast and the end of each week, what we would do is for each type of job, we'd check whether it was within the expected tolerances. And if it was not, then the total amount at risk was very, very small because it was just one type of job and so forth. And what we found out was each week, there may be a few exceptions and our surveyor time was spent investigating those exceptions, not checking every single job. Mm. So we still had within one week, total control of anything going out of control. Whereas the previous process, they were doing a quarterly review of the budget. We were doing a weekly review of the budget, but we reordered it so that the process control happened after the job, but with a very, very tight focus on the detail. And what that allowed us to do was then move the threshold for approvals from literally a few tens of pounds up to literally, I think it was something like 30,000 pounds. So the work was pre-authorized. And as a result of that, the work started flowing and we're back into delivering service same day or next day. And, and actually, ironically, that year, the budget, they came in well under budget because of that weekly attention to exceptions meant that people knew there was no point overcharging on a job because they knew that it was going to be flagged up. Whereas in the past, it was just hidden in the big quarterly numbers and was never going to get found out. So ironically, we achieved a better job by giving people permission to act and then just having the right control systems after instead of before. Yeah. 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 And, and that's yeah. an example. And anybody who's familiar with the SMED exercises, you'll know exactly what we're talking about because SMED is a reordering. One of the key tools in SMED is can I do stuff outside of the critical path? It's a reorder strategy, amongst other things.
And then finally, we get to redeploy. Now, redeploy is an interesting one because with the redeploy process, you are still doing the same amount of work, but you are also adding additional waste, additional transportation, additional motion, because the work has to move from where it naturally would sit to somewhere else. Think about the effort it takes to train up a new member of staff and get them up to speed. You only use the redeploy option at bottlenecks because it drives up the cost. So you would only do it to okay. take pressure off the bottleneck if all the others have failed. And then just a practical pro tip on this one is I tend to use the replace option number three after I've used the other four first. And the reason for that, even though it sits third in the hierarchy, is because it's going to take some capital expenditure or some software development yeah. time. It's going to slow everything down. So if I can get everything else working really smoothly, I may be able to avoid those costs. Then it's much, much clearer exactly what the business case is for that capital expenditure or the software development costs. And as a result of that, I'm not saying I, do, I ignore it. What I do is when I come to it, I still come to it third, but then I park the opportunity and go on to the others because okay. then I can get the best result for the customer quicker and I've got a clear business case for the new machinery or the new software at the end of that. What I like about the five bars is absolutely, some of what you described at the beginning, is A, it's a lovely logical pathway um, that enables you to ask a different set of questions and think about the work you're trying to do in a different way. I love that structure. That works really well. I agree, yeah. Thank you very much, Sean. That was really interesting. So thank you everyone for joining us today. Talking about the five R's, the hierarchy to successful process design. If you want to know any more, please do get in touch. You can contact us through team at pmi.co.uk. And of course, you can find all of our content on our Knowledge Hub on our website, pmi.co.uk. Thank you very much for joining us. And Sean, thank you very much for your time today. It's been really interesting. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for joining us. You can find more episodes of our Uncommon Sense Tools to Improve Your Work Forever in our Knowledge Hub on our website. Or, of course, your favourite podcast platform. And do subscribe so you never miss an episode. Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode where you'll find links to more content on this topic, which includes webinar recordings, toolbox guides, blogs, and infographics, and our training page. You can always drop us a line on team at pmi.co.uk and arrange a time to have a call to talk about how these tools can help you in your organization. We'd really love to hear from you.